welcome to the Faith and Good Counsel Show, where we hope to inspire joy-filled lives through conversations at the crossroad of mental health, wellness, and faith. And now your host, Stacy Galino. Hey, y'all. Thank you so much for joining us here again today on the Faith and Good Counsel Show. I have such a special, special guest that I can't wait to share with you. It's a woman I have wanted to meet for a very long time. And by God's providence, we were able to meet, what, about a couple of months ago, I think, um, and had just a, a really beautiful time together sharing stories about a topic that I know is really going to touch the hearts of so many of you who are who are listening today. Her name is Monica Alley, and she is a mother of several children. We're going to hear more from her in just a moment. But one of her beautiful children was lost to stillbirth, and that child's name is Anna Grace. So we want to ask for the intercession today of Anna Grace and also for the soul of my little grandson, also lost to stillbirth, John Paul Emanuel Galino. Please pray for us as we enter into um, a topic today that um, is very touching and um, we want to do so with the utmost of care and with all sensitivity. So let me introduce to you Monica Alley of Anna's Grace Foundation. Hi. Hi, Hi, Monica. Thanks for having me today. It is such it's such a delight. And I'm, I'm just, Monica, I just want to say that I'm so enjoying finally getting to know you and to, I just feel like we have a communion of hearts on so, so many levels. And I respect so much the work that you are doing um, with so much heart in Anna's Grace Foundation. So I want to thank you for thank that. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure getting to know you. Yes. And I feel like we I feel like we have more work to do together. I'm really excited about that. But I first I want people to hear who Anna Grace is. It was such a blessing to me to be able to listen to your story in person. I know people can go to your website, annasgrace.org, and there's a blog post there on Anna's story from January of 2017. But it's it's another thing entirely to hear it from the voice of Anna Grace's beloved mother. So would you please tell us who is Anna Grace? Well, Anna's story really happened back in 2012, when we, my husband and I first found out that we were expecting her. It was unexpected. It was a beautiful blessing, a beautiful surprise, because we had had some news years before that we weren't, weren't going to be able to have additional children. Wow. And so to find out that we were pregnant with her was, was a gift. And so as time went on and my belly started to grow, we really started getting excited our other children were excited. We started talking about names, what we needed to get ready. Um, did we have everything we needed? And we celebrated Christmas in 2012, and we knew that right around the corner was our 20-week ultrasound. So we went into the doctor on January 10th, 2013. It was a very stormy day. I'll never forget. There were tornado warnings that wow. morning. I was nervous about leaving my other children, but I really wanted to see our new baby. Yeah. So and you're going to so, have an ultrasound, yes. right? Oh, right. So boy. The, that good 20-week ultrasound. Yes. Yeah. So we went into the ultrasound room, and of course, the technician was like, do we want to know if it's a boy or a girl? We don't. Oh. We never find out. We love oh. the surprise. And oh. so we told her that, and she kind of got giddy about that, too, because I don't think many people like to wait for the surprise? Uh, that's sort of actually becoming a new trend oh, where good. it was sort of 
you know, we didn't have any choice back in the day. Now that people have, we've had a generation or two of, of people choosing to do that. Right. Um, but now people are choosing not to. Right. They're choosing to be surprised. Yeah. Well, we were one of the few at the time. At the time. Sure. And, um, but then I remember she applied the wand to my belly and it was different from any other time. Hmm. Like the room was very quiet where mm. there should have been a heartbeat. And mm. the screen was very still where we should mm. have seen movement. And I, you mm. know, I knew instantaneously that something was wrong. Mm. Um, and I think that I might have been in shock at the time because yes. I remember there were no tears that fell then. You know, um, we were talking earlier. I like to say that heaven was crying for me oh, because yes. it was so stormy that day. It was yeah. raining and the tears just didn't fall. Um, mm. Even after I heard the words, you know, I'm, I'm so sorry. There's no heartbeat. Oh. Um, mm. and it, it was, it was, it was crushing. It was, but almost automatically you go into what just happened. Like you mm. become confused, but then you try to, you, surely there's a fix to this, right? Yes. You try to fix it automatically. Yes. And, um, you kind of wander through a fog for a while. Um, I think one of the hardest, it was hard to hear the words, but I think almost even more difficult than that was having to go home and tell our other children. Yes. Because they were so excited. They thought, well, we told them, like, we're going to bring home pictures of the new baby to you to see this afternoon. And so when we got home, we had pictures, but, you know, there wouldn't be a baby coming home. And so the next morning, um, we reported to the hospital to deliver Anna. And, of course, you know, being the people that we are, we just wanted to make sure we made sure to have another ultrasound the next morning yeah. just to make sure. And yes, of you know, course. I remember laying in the hospital bed, watching the rain hit the window while waiting, you know, labor mm. had started and my husband had started making you know, the phone calls to area funeral homes. Cause we were told we had to make arrangements for mm-hmm. the baby, which hadn't even entered my mm-hmm. mind. Mm-hmm. You know, this has not even hardly been 24 hours right, as of yet. Right. right. You're still trying to figure out what's happened. Yes. You know, you can't yes. come to grips with what you're dealing with. And then you're told, Oh, by the way, you have to make arrangements for your baby. Yeah. And so while I'm in labor, he's on the phone having oh, to repeat the story over and over. Um, you know, to whoever's on the other side of the line. Yeah, so traumatic. Was he with you during the ultrasound? Or he was. Were you alone? Okay, so at least, so, you know, the the Lord allowed y'all to be together to hear this very, very sad news. So thank, I'm thankful that he was there with you. It was, it was, it was very good because we got those moments alone, mm-hmm. you know, the car ride home to kind of figure out what, what we were going to do. Yes. You know? Yeah. But I remember on the car ride to the hospital the next day to deliver, talking about what we wanted to name the baby. Yes. You know, because we wanted to make sure that we acknowledged our baby by name. Absolutely. And so um, I don't remember what the boy's name was that we had. It was John Gabriel. I do John Gabriel. Beautiful. And um, if it was a girl, we decided on Anna Grace, um, named after St. Anne. Mm, and we yeah. knew that we would need a lot of grace to get through it. Amen. And so. Um, oh, my goodness. So beautiful. So beautiful. So so here you are in labor and here your husband is being St. Joseph, you know, taking care of that business, that necessary business that you've just been informed needs to be taken care of while you're in the midst of labor is difficult enough on its own. And then and then in this particular situation, you know. I can just imagine the scene. It's it's it it could be very traumatic and it is very traumatic for so many people. I wonder how that if there was any 
effect for you from that? You, you're so vivid in the way that you describe it. I'm just kind of wondering in the aftermath if you sort of flashed back to those moments and replayed those moments in any way. And I do. I often. Even still? Still. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. been six years. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I could still see him sitting yes. on the couch in front of the window and seeing yeah. the, rain, the rain and the, the rain sand. behind him and listening to him repeat what's happened. And I think in a way that was probably good for mm-hmm. me to have to come to the reality of it because right. hearing it repeated over and over, it was yes. very difficult at yes. the time. And I know like my heart broke for him for having to do yes. that. Um, but I think it kind of brought it to uh, a place of reality. That's for right. Me. That's exactly right. Hearing the words repeated, you know, we lost our baby. We lost yes. our baby. We lost our baby. Like you said, those probably 12 hours, I was yeah. still in a state of, I don't want to believe it. Like, I can't right. believe it. Right. Which you is can't why we asked for it. a second mm-hmm. ultrasound. For us, it was, it was what we needed. Absolutely. You know, it was the confirmation that we needed, I think, to kind of face what we were heading into. Because I, I didn't know. Like, I had been through labor and delivery before, but I had never delivered a stillborn baby. Yes. Um, yes. So, so... Okay, so here you are, you're in labor, and you, you've set the scene for us, uh, this bittersweet scene where your husband is taking care of that business, and here you are in labor. How, how was the labor for you? Was this particular, do you remember anything particularly about the labor itself that sticks out for you? It was very different from my other labors. Mm-hmm. It was more, link, it was lengthier, it was yeah. long, a longer labor. Right. Um, yeah. It was more intense because I didn't get an epidural. I was, you know, determined to to get through it. Like I wanted to feel to I feel think. to fully experience right. that wanted, because we are flesh and our, our body soul composite. You know, I get that. I understand. I think it's something so mystical. I, I, I doesn't surprise me that you said that. I, I, I'm getting to know you. I could see that that. You hadn't told me that yet, but I just knew that that uh, somehow that that was part of your story. But it was it was yeah. still a fog. Like it was it was still a fog. Yes. But it it's interesting to me that most of the labor, like I said, I don't recall clearly, but I had a moment of clarity when she was born. Yes, tell us about that. It was it was it was beautiful the way you know she was born, and all of a sudden, like the fog lifted. Wow. And I remember, you know, being able to hold her and being, mm-hmm. she was so tiny yeah. and, you know, being afraid to touch her. Yes. And, you know, she fit in my husband's hand. Yes. She was so little, but she was so perfect. Oh. So perfect because I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. You know, I thought, well, maybe there was something wrong with her or not yes. that there's, you know, but I didn't know what to expect. Right. But she was perfect. Right. Like we counted fingers, we counted toes, you oh. know. We saw her wrapped in her little blanket. And yeah. The nurses were so wonderful. They took little p- pictures of her. And it was a beautiful moment that I'll never forget. Right. That's beautiful. And you were given time to just sort of attach and bond with her. Right. I, I would hope and, and pray. So so from there, you encounter some difficulties, I think. We had some difficulty in the hospital. So social work comes to visit you. Yes. When you lose a baby to let you know that you have to make arrangements. Yes. And we were given a piece of paper saying, here are some funeral homes. Yes. You need to start calling, which is why my husband was just going down the list calling. And he said it it, it felt almost wrong to be talking about numbers. You know, how much is this going to cost? You know, when you just lost a baby. Right. That that was a source of pain. Yeah. For him. Yeah. Yeah. 
And, you know, we found a place that we felt comfortable with. And um, they walked us through the steps. But we, we were older. We were an older couple. I mean, we weren't ancient. We were in our 30s. But so many people who lose a baby are so young. Yeah, yeah. And they just don't know how to make those arrangements. We were lucky in that we had some experience in doing that. And so it wasn't as foreign to us as it was to others. And so we were able to, the sun finally came out the oh. day that we buried her. Oh, how beautiful. You have such a beautiful way of, ca- but isn't it amazing how we we take into ourselves, into our very flesh, these details that really, really matter. It's like the, you know, the Lord is communicating to us somehow in a way that, that is mysterious and we don't fully understand, but we just know. How beautiful is that, that, that the sun, oh my goodness. Like I, I took it, I mean, I remember at, in the moment thinking, yeah. like she's telling me, it's going to yes. be okay. Oh, how it's beautiful. It's going to be okay. Oh, how beautiful. And there's so much more to this story, Monica. We do, do need to head to a break. But when we come back, this part of this so much more to the story is Anna's Grace Foundation. I can't wait for people to know more about the fruit that has been born by by this beautiful, beautiful child, Anna's Grace. So when we come back, y'all, stay tuned. We'll hear more from Monica Alley of Anna's Grace Foundation. We'll be right back. Welcome back, y'all. Thank you so much for staying tuned with us here on the Faith and Good Counsel show. I'm so delighted to have with me um, a guest that's new to the show, and I hope she'll come back and share more with us because let me tell you, y'all, she has so much to share. She's a beautiful, beloved daughter of the Most High God who has... She and her family have endured um, such um, such tragedy, but, but the Lord in and through this suffering is bearing much beautiful fruit through the loss of their child, um, beautiful Anna Grace. And Monica and her husband, I don't know your husband's first name. Todd. Todd. Thank you for that. Monica and Todd Alley have established Anna's Grace Foundation. And I want to hear more about how Anna's Grace Foundation came to be. Well, after losing Anna, I I found myself searching for purpose And Todd and I would talk about that a lot. You know, surely there was a reason that she was sent to us. Like, this can't be all there is. You know, that Mm -hmm. you bury your daughter and that's that's it. Mm -hmm. And the world continues to turn no different from when it was turning the day before you lost your baby. Um, And so we started searching for something, some purpose, some reason. And then one day I found myself in horrible, horrible traffic. And it suddenly dawned on me, we need to do something to help other families who have had a loss. Wow. Um, And so I started searching to see if there were resources out there that already existed that maybe I could become a part of, but nothing quite fit the bill for what I wanted to do. And so I got home out of that traffic and I looked at Todd and I said, I think this is what we're called to do. I think this is Anna's purpose and that we were here to carry her light. We need to carry her light into the world. About how long of a period of time after her loss to the foundation of of Anna's Grace? The thought of establishing the foundation came in the April, so four months after Okay, so pretty quickly. And we filed the initial paperwork that August. Wow. So that, I I, I didn't realize it had been that 
that so closely after um, after her death. Wow. Okay, so I want to know more about the what what is it that Anna's Grace Foundation is about? What does it provide? What can people who are searching, who are, have experienced a loss, what can they expect when they contact Anna's Grace Foundation? So, in a nutshell. The mission of Anna's Grace is to provide emotional and financial support to families in our community who experience either a miscarriage, a stillbirth, or an infant loss. Um, and we do that in a number of ways. Um, emotionally, we're there for them when they they can call in and use mm-hmm. us as a resource because we've been there. A lot of times, as I mentioned earlier, it's younger couples or single moms, and they have no idea, or maybe even a grandparent. Yes. Um, who call in just looking for ways forward. Like, what do we do now? What's the next right. step? We've lost a baby. How do we move forward? Um, we also have uh, a speaker series called Hope and Healing, where people can come and listen to a professional discuss a, a topic that's important to the one in four, um, because that's how I, I found out after losing Anna, after some research, that it actually happens in one in four pregnancies. Wow, that those are high statistics. They yeah. really are, and I think that it's not well known uh, because when you do have a loss, you feel so alone, so isolated, as if you might be the only one who's ever experienced yeah. this. Um, and so that's part of our mission as well, is to kind of raise awareness so that families don't feel so alone, that there's a whole community out here to stand with you, to stand beside you as you walk through this grief journey. Yeah, I love that. It, it seems, um, Monica, um, um, a manifestation of your spiritual maternity, you know, to to open your heart in that example that we're taught uh, in, in our in faith, you know, that that uh, and in womanhood and our, our truly who we are in our femininity to receive others into our heart, you know, and to share the healing. Healing and and that's ongoing and ever ongoing, but to share and to love on others, you know, in and through your experiences, you and your husband both, that you know that you have been at ground zero with this, and you know intimately um, the kinds of struggles and the emotions that people encounter, and I just I I, I just I can imagine the agony. Um, and, and I know some of that agony myself. I, I had two early losses myself, and, and as I mentioned, our little John Paul Emanuel. And that's a different kind of struggle when you're watching your children go through something like that. It's another level of agony. Um, but but just knowing that Anna's Grace Foundation is there to receive people who are in agony is is a balm to my soul. You know, that's why I'm so supportive of the work that Anna's Grace Foundation is doing. So so let's imagine. So someone has found themselves in this situation and they give a call. They call Anna's Grace Foundation. What happens from there? So the first thing we do is um, we try to establish what their needs are because everyone is different. Everyone's experience is different. Everyone's grief is different. Um, Usually the first call that we get is because they've been told that they have to make arrangements for their baby and they don't have the resources to do that. Yeah. And so um, our first contact is usually we need help with the burial expenses. And so that's that's a big program that we have is our financial yeah. assistance program. Um, we've helped hundreds of families through that just to give them that comfort of knowing that they've been able to say goodbye to their baby in a way that's meaningful uh, and respectful yes. of the life that they've lost. Yes. And um, and then through there, we, we follow up with them. Like we'll send them notes on special dates. We'll invite them to hope and healing or to other events that we might have. 
um, where they can gather as a community with other families who understand their grief yes. and their emotions. Whereas a lot of people who haven't walked in those shoes might not. So they can come and be with other families who have been through what they have. While everyone is unique and different, the grief I find um, is the same. No matter yeah. if you've had an early loss or a late loss or the loss of an infant, that grief is is deep for everyone. Yeah. Uh, but one of the most beautiful things that I've witnessed through Anna's Grace is that it started as a healing process for me. But to see it being used to heal others, like they're able to remember their babies and do good. Right. You know, in their baby's name. Yes. Through Anna's Grace. Amen. You know, it, it see, I, I, I don't know if you've encountered this in your work, but it seems in our society where the personhood of, of babies, of babies in the womb, is up for question. Who would have thought, you know, that that, that would be a struggle in this, in this day and time? But there can be this sort of insidious shame that uh, people seem, moms in particular, seem to struggle with, like, you know, it's like, when are you going to get over that? Or, or um, it's been a year, you know, why are you still crying? Or, or you'll have another child. Or the, the, the unintentionally unkind things that people can say who don't understand that struggle. And I wonder if you encounter in, any of that in your work, say, after the initial, you know, the burial, burial expenses and so forth have been taken care of, and, and the person has time to sort of think through this and ponder and try to process what has happened to us. Maybe some of those later phone calls. Do you see any of that in your in your work with Anna's Grace Foundation? I do. And actually, I experienced it myself. Yourself. Because oh. I do have five living children. And so I was, I felt that shame. Mm. And that I felt like I couldn't share like when, mm. You know, with people that we were helping. Because we need that, to have it all together, right? We need to get our stuff back together because we're professional women, which I failed to mention. <laughs> she's a wife and a mama, but, you know, she's also a professional, right? Right. So it's it's difficult when people don't understand. There's no timeline for grief. Right. And I have to tell that to families when they do call or when I do see them at an event. And there's, you know, or I'll get a message through Facebook or an email Say, my family just doesn't understand why I'm not moving on. Right. And so I have to remind them, there's no timetable for this. Right. Like, your path is your path. Right. And, you know, it can't be because this person, you know, seems to be okay after so many months that you're going to be in the same point, you know? Yeah. And not everybody manifests their grief in the same way. That's exactly right. Um, and so we can't compare ourselves to anyone else. Like, you have to walk your own grief journey. Yes. And we're there to walk beside you whenever uh, you need us. I'm so thankful. I'm so I want everybody to know about Anna's Grace Foundation because this is such a gift to our community here in the local area. But are you available at all for phone calls for people who are not in, let's say, the Louisiana area? I mean, do you all receive phone calls from other people as well? We do. We do. And actually, um, at some of our events, we'll have people even come from out of state to attend um, just because they're looking for a way to acknowledge their baby. They're looking for people who can understand a little bit about what they're going through. And when they search, I'm glad they're able to find us. Oh, oh my goodness. What else do we need to know about 
Anna Grace or Monica Alley, Monica and Todd Alley, who are doing such a beautiful, fruitful work for the Lord in and through the this this gift of their child who has returned back to the Lord, this little saint, right? Yeah. What else do we need to know in, in our final moments here about Anna's Grace Foundation? What would you have us to know? Well, I'd have you to know that we can't do it alone. Okay. So what does that mean? What does that mean? How can we help? Well, while we planted the seed of Anna's Grace, it takes a whole community to make it happen. So we are 100% volunteer-led, wow. which means everything that gets done is done by a volunteer. Usually it's by a volunteer who's suffered a loss yeah. so they can understand the families that we serve. Yeah, um, It's not done without a lot of sacrifice by my children, by my husband, by everyone involved, because they're all volunteering. Mm. Everyone is volunteering, led by their own inspiration. And for me, that's Anna. Wow. Oh, my goodness. I There's so many more questions I want to ask you. We'll have to save that for another future podcast. And who knows, maybe Anna's Grace Foundation might be working towards something like that on their own. Who knows? Maybe we can extend the, the, uh, the mission of Anna's Grace Foundation over the media waves. We'll have to see what the Lord has in store. Thank you so much, Monica, for being here with us today. Thank you. All right. Until we are together again, my friends, Fox Christie, y'all. I'll see you next time here on the Faith and Good Counsel Show. Bye-bye for now. 